about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshukba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. Running out of time. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. Romans chapter 12. This message, I'm going to preach it over a while. This, this, this particular topic, I want to deal with it over two or three sessions. Um, so I'm giving us an introduction today so I don't keep you uh, too much in church. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. Um, and look at this version because this is what will bless you. He says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your what? To who? I didn't care. You give your words to who? Because of all he has done for you. (laughs) Let him be a living and what? Holy sacrifice. The kind he will find acceptable. The kind he will find what? Acceptable. Let's read the the last sentence. This is truly the way to worship him. This is truly the way to worship him. Another verse says this is your reasonable service. Now I want to do a quick recap. We've been talking about how to make room for the king. And we spoke about different ways you may make room for the king. The first one, we spoke about identification. You've got, to, you've got to know who do you identify with. By your identification, by identifying with Jesus, by identifying with God, you make room for the king. The next thing we spoke about is by our dedication. Our dedication as unto our God. The third thing we spoke about is last week is by our association. By who you associate with uh, it would, will open doors for you in your future as we associate with God and we associate with what with man if you don't associate with man you will truncate your destiny let me give you a a brief recap on that do you remember that when 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 they came to Ziklag and they destroyed Ziklag and took David's um, um, uh, wives children and everyone there the Bible says that David went to pray to God and God says go he gave him an instruction he says go and you shall recover all, isn't it? We can remember that. Go and recover all. What God didn't tell him is that the way you're going to recover it. So as many of us will sit down and pray, 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 pray. But we will ignore the man beside us. And while they were going, what who did they meet? They met what? A man. Now the man was critical to David's triumph and also critical to the other people's downfall. <clears throat> we spoke about autism this morning, and there's an important message here. Remember that when they asked this man, who are you? He said he was part of the servants of the people who raided Ziglag. But I was too sick, so they dumped me beside the road. He, he, was, he, he, was, he was not important to their progress. So they dumped him beside the road. And it was the same man that dumped him that said to them, Would you take us to where they are? It was not prayer alone that made way for David. It was his attention to man. 
Because they could have continued going on or they could have met him, know he was associated with them and killed him. But they paid attention to him, they took care of him and he brought them to where they're going. If you ignore man, as I said last Sunday, you will ignore your destiny. Man is important. Who you associate with is important. Today, I want to speak on the fourth topic. Um, I round up with that. is what I call by our devotion. We make room for the king by our devotion. Now, let me quickly say this. Um, the true meaning, listen to me, of devotion is worship. The word worship means reverence or devotion to a deity. It comes, listen carefully, from the Anglo-Saxon word worship, which means worth, W-O-R-T-H, and ship. It's two words. Worth and ship means you are ascribing worth to a person. Or an object. Listen to me. When we worship God, we are saying, God is worthy of all my love, my attention, and my devotion. You've got to get something here this morning. When the Cambridge Dictionary defines worship or devotion, sorry, it defines devotion as an act of religious worship. It is a love, it is a loyalty or an enthusiasm for a person or an activity. Which means you cannot worship something you don't love. You've got to first get that word love. You cannot worship something you don't love. If you don't love the thing or the person, you cannot worship the person. Did you get that? The second definition or third definition I want us to hear about worship is worship comes from the Hebrew words that means to bow down. You've got to see this here. It means to prostrate oneself. There are some ethnicities where some of you come from that when they see an elderly person, they prostrate, they bow down, they worship. Uh, the, the book of Psalms 95 and verse 6 says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Well, what I do, let, let me go back to that ethnicity. Technically, where my wife comes from, when you see people that are elderly, you bow down, you prostrate before them. I kind of miss this in church now, where we worship God, but we can't bow down. I, I, I kind of miss the time where people would just, in worship, just come before God in, in, in front of the altar and just kneel before him. I kind of feel that our, that, that our shoes are so high that the center of gravity has increased in our minds that from the height, the distance from our shoes to our knees is getting higher and higher, both physically and spiritually. Have you ever asked yourself, when was the last time 
that worship occurred that I just actually went on my knees and said, God, you are worthy of our praise. And you think you have problems. We spoke about a mother this morning who has gone through stuff, including the children, just to take care of their loved ones. And you think you have problems because you couldn't buy the bag during sales? You really do think that is an issue. It's unfortunate that people would rather come to the church for a sermon that also would appeal to their flesh than come to a church. And coming to church actually means you come to worship God, not to be worshipped. In fact, one day I was driving to church and I was asking my wife, what is all this Thanksgiving that we do in church? Well, what is all this wedding, Thanksgiving, the uh, 50th, 60th, 30th stuff that I even cancel some age groups? That, what is all this? Because most of the time when we do come, we're coming for a prayer. When, in, when, when I was growing up and you came for a Thanksgiving, you bring, you tell even the people coming, you're giving a donation. In fact, they will give envelopes to all the people coming that you're giving a donation because you're thanking God on my behalf. But these days, no. We just want to show off and then we want you to also pray again. Where is, where is, where is church? Where does church stand in our approach towards God? It means, he says, he says, he says, in Psalm, bring it up again, Psalm 95, verse 6, he says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. What did he say in the next verse? Read it, let's read it together. Ready, steady, go. What? Let us what? I didn't hear you. Let us what? I, I didn't hear you upstairs. Let us what? Kneel before the Lord our maker. He gave us an instruction. It is not an option. He didn't put that, and some people would now interpret uh, using exegesis. It means kneel in your mind. No, 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 no. Physically, he says, let us kneel. In fact, sometimes in church, when we say, let's kneel before God, many people are just looking around. <laughs> this is carpet. <laughs> Have you seen this carpet? This carpet has been here for 10 years. Look at the quality. Ten years we've been taking care of it. Look at the seat you're sitting in. You don't find that in an airplane. And yet, when they say to some people, kneel down, they will sit down. Even the old churches, even in Catholic churches and all that, many of them, even when they want to take communion and all that, they still kneel down. Even in fact, when they go, when they're passing uh, the pulpit or something, they, they, they bow down. I know it can be a religious attitude that you think, but there's something endemic in there. There's something deep in there. It's the reverence. It's the reverence they have. Many of us will come here and eat you in gum. Just, just do anything new. Some of the people will stand in front of the pulpit like this. I'm looking. No reverence for the almighty God. Come put it up. <laughs> no, 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 no reverence for God at all. No respect. In fact, sometimes we come into church and we, we, we're chattering. We're talking. We're shouting. Because there's no reverence for God. He says, come, let us worship. Let's bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. How can we kneel when our skirts are too tight? 
When can, how can we kneel when everything is so short? When, when our trousers are so tight that if you kneel, it will, it will, it will change to Why? Oh, uh, and we're so close. Uh, 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 do I really uh, 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 have to kneel? When you are coming to church, what exactly did you think you're coming to do? Oh, I said I would be nice today. Well, what exactly were you coming to do? Well, Pastor, do we have to? Do we have to? Do we, do, we, do we have to? Yes, you have to! What exactly did you think you were coming to do? A fashion parade? I will show you someone who, fast, who did a fashion parade and was neglected and became barren for the rest of our life. He says, come bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. Anything you worship, you will love. Anything you worship, you will bow to. Worship must take a posture that is undignified. Tap someone beside you and say, are you undignified before God? Get an answer, get an answer, get an answer. Then if they say yes, tell them, when was the last time? Ask them a question. When was the last time you knelt before God? They, they turned around. Did you get an answer? When was the last time that we just prostrated before God? When was the last time that you ignored everyone aside? Even if you're sitting upstairs and you just say to you, oh God, you are my Lord and my maker. It takes an undignified position. If I, if some of us are so dignified that even when we see someone else shouting in church, we're like, come on. Because your digni- dignity smells before God. And the person shouting and screaming and in a kind of position they are, you don't know what they have been through and how God has helped them. And you're telling them like blind Bartimaeus to shut up. Why you don't realize that those who keep short never get their miracle. In worship, you must value deity over dignity. There is no dignity when you are indifferent to how you worship God. Barrenness is a product of self-dignity. Check out David's wife, Micah, in the book of 2 Samuel 6, 13 to 23. The man who is your husband was dancing, jumping, rejoicing before God. Some of you wives need to be careful. You talk too much. And some of you husbands need to, need to be careful. You stand too much. You see, the guy was dancing, was jumping before God. He knew I used to be a shepherd boy. And God has made room for me here. How can I forget the Lord who made me? He says, come, let us bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. He knew God made him. Ah, 
And many of you don't realize that God made you where you are. It is not by your power or your might that you sat where you're sitting right now. It's not by your power or your might that you can do what you do. Even the earning you put on is not by your power and your might. Even the makeup you put on is not by your power and might. Because if God withdraws his hands from you, you will start to realize that it's not by power, it's not by might, but by his spirit. But that's the same spirit you refuse to adore. He, he danced. He was sweating. He took off his garment. And the woman says, you became a base in front of these young people. They said, I, don't, I don't need to dance. I don't need how, to know how to dance. I, I don't need to, 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 to know how to break dance. I don't need how to uh, slide. I don't need how to do zaku or whatever you do. I don't need all that. I don't, I don't need, I don't, I don't need all. All I need to do is just dance the David dance in front of God. How I dance is none of your business. I don't need to die. And while David was jumping up and, and kicking his feet, they've adopted it now. You know, dance used to be this. Now they, they, everything is going. It's still the same, the same thing we're trying to ignore. The world is looking at the church and learning from the church but applying it in the world. He, he danced. And the girl looked at him. So Bob then, you, and you call yourself the king. The man looks at her and says, the God that exalted me above your father, he must have borrowed that from one ethnicity somewhere. <laughs> he says, the God that exalted me above your father, I will yet be more a base. So some of you that will get to home and say to your husbands, you are, I think you should, 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 you should, I think you should calm down. I, I think, I think you should withdraw a bit. I think, I think, I think, I think you should, you should be careful the way you do things. Careful in the presence of God who made you. So the, the person who is talking to you, the mouth that they're talking, it is God. Go to the hospital and see. People who are in the hospital that they could wish they're in your shoes. He says, he says, yet I will be more abased. And you know what he did? He says, you are not a good association. You are a person that will not make room for my God to go on the inside of me. So from now on, I ban you from my presence. And until she died, she was barren. May God not introduce barrenness into our lives. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The Bible says, come, let us bow down. Let us kneel. There's something he's telling us to do before the Lord our maker. Which means, worship is how you handle yourself in the presence of the king. Some of us are more intent on being ourselves than being a worshiper. I know we talk about worship as a lifestyle. Yes, but there's also a lifestyle that must manifest when you're in the presence of the king. When you're in the presence of God. There is a decorum that is requested. How foolish and stupid we are 
that will go before the Queen of England and follow a protocol, but yet will come before God and ignore the Almighty, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. There is a protocol before you even meet the Queen. Actually, the Queen is too far. There is a protocol before you even meet her sons. Just because they are royalty, there is a protocol. You will see them. You will even be shaking. <laughs> and then you will put it on Instagram. God has made room for me to meet the queen. The God you meet every single day, you're not, he's not on your Instagram. The God that you ask to bless you, to increase you, to protect you, he's not on your Instagram. He's not in your life. He's the same God we walk into and, and we can walk down the aisle at any time we want to. So now on, when you're walking down, come first bow down before you take your seat. I think we need to introduce that. It's the same God you will come and while you're in church, you're chewing gum, you understand? You're watching your phone and you're replying in church, which you cannot do before a king or a queen. And in some places, if you do that, that's the last your family will see you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember some time ago in France, one African king or prime minister came and one protester just came up and slapped the guy. He ended up in hospital. They, they made it clear to him that where we come from, mm-mm, mm-mm, they beat him to a pulp. And they said, sue the nation. <laughs> There's a certain decorum. And many of us have no respect. In fact, we're coming to church this morning and we're even contemplating. Mm, should I come? Should I not come? Maybe I sit down at home. Hey, what's the password actually that I can watch online? There is no, there is no reverence for God. And even when we come in, we're still angry in the presence of God. In the New Testament, worship comes from a word that means to kiss the hand in token of reference. So that when you get to some places, they will hold up their hands. You will bow down and you will what? Kiss the hands. He used to refer to like a dog licking his master's hands. It is an image of absolute love. We've said that. It's an image of reverence which means to bow down and a complete trust and devotion. Which means there are three things that are worship needs. It means you can't worship someone you love. You can't worship someone you don't bow down before. And you can't worship someone you trust. Because worshipping God does not mean that I worship him based on what he has done for me. But who he really is. Is anyone hearing what I'm saying? Now, 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 now. Let me quickly do this before, 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 before I close. Let me quickly do this. There is a difference between praise and worship. Let's get this right. And praise and worship is not what we do here. Praise fast songs, worship slow songs. That's not praise and worship. In fact, a song that is fast can still be worship unto God. Let's, let's, get, let's get this right. But, 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 but listen to me. The word praise and worship are often used together. Or, although they complement one another, they are two entirely different things. Praise, number one, is an expression of approval or admiration. 
Praise is the joyful recounting of all God has done for us. Which means we can praise God, but we can also praise people. We can praise friends. I can praise my wife. I can praise Michael. I can praise anyone in church. I can praise Guba Foundation. I can praise Bright Star. I can praise them for the work they're doing. It's, it's, it's praise. But as we praise God, we can also praise man. Because when we even don't praise man, we don't get the best out of man. Are you following what I'm saying? But worship is different. While praise is an expression of approval and admiration, worship is an expression of adoration and reverence. Praise, approval. Worship, adoration. And you know the difference between both is that while praise can be given to God and to man, worship is only reserved to, for God. You've got to get this clearly. You've got to get, you know what? Let's go. Exodus 34, 14 says, if you shall for, he says, for you shall not worship. Did you see that word? Worship any other God. For the Lord whose name is jealous. <laughs> so, God says, my name is jealous. You thought jealous was a bad word. <laughs> no, no, no. God says, he says, for, for the Lord whose name is jealous. Is a jealous, impassioned God demanding what is rightfully and uniquely his. If I had time, but I'll finish it later on. I will tell you how God can deny and reject your worship. He says there's something that is rightfully meant. And I'm jealous. I'm jealous. You know why? Because besides me, there is no other God. And you know what a jealous woman can be? And what she can do? You know what a jealous man can do? When someone is jealous, they could have killed before they repent. Think about God. God says, you, you use the word, you're jealous, you're jealous. He says, no, 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 no. So when you look at it, you're jealous, you're jealous, you're jealous, you're jealous. You're, you're reactive because you're jealous. You're reactive because God says, I am, my name is called jealous. So think about who you're serving. In the book of um, Luke chapter 4 verse 8, he says, then Jesus now said this. And Jesus answered him. He says, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Worship bows never before men but before God. You've got to hear this. That's why the Hebrew boys found it impossible to bow. They looked at the fire. They looked at their life. They looked at Nebuchadnezzar. They looked at God. And they knew from where they were taught. Not because they were in a different place. Oh God, I wish I had time this morning. Because many of you find yourself in a different company. You start to belong to that company. These guys, they were in Babylon. But they still knew what they were taught from their mother's womb. They knew we will not bow before any God. The taller taught me that you should not bow before anyone. So in the midst of fire, I am still not going to bow. Kill me, maim me, dissociate from me, but I will not bow down to this golden image. Yet we have many church people who come to church on a Sunday and bow on a Monday. They said, no, 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 no. We're not going to bow. We're never going to bow before man. We're never going to bow before man. Because who you bow before, you worship. 
Is anyone hearing what I'm saying? Who you bow for? You worship. You worship. And this guy says, we're not going to bow before man. He, he has come to church nowadays. People don't bow before God. Don't worship God. But they stupidly will worship their pastor. Have you realized that the reverence they will give their pastor, they will not give to God? In fact, they will follow their pastor even if he's going into the ditch. They will follow. If he says you should eat grass, they will follow. They will eat grass. If, if he says you should fornicate, you will fornicate. If he says you should commit adultery, you commit adultery. We follow people blindly at the expense of God. What we call loyalty is stupidity. I'm a pastor, so I'm preaching. I have the right. We would reverence what a man would say at the expense of a God. I didn't say don't honor those who God has placed on you. That's not what I'm saying. Because what you dishonor, you will not get in your life. But there's a difference between honor and worship. Because God will say something in your spirit that may not necessarily follow with what your pastor is doing. How is it that people will see the truth and still follow a lie? Is, 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 is there anything that you've seen? I, recently I spoke about a pastor who lined some women up at the beach naked and was kissing their butt saying that as I kiss their butt there will be, there will be a transference. Now for a woman, grown up woman of different sizes to go to a beach and bow and kneel down, you can see that they're not worshipping God, they're worshipping man. What takes a whole dementia of mind? What takes a whole abstinence of thinking that will make someone in Christ to go and kneel on a, on a beach or to go and eat grass or for them to, 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 to destroy your finances because they're standing on a pulpit? They will even tell you what they're not doing. Even God said in the book of Ezekiel that not all my shepherds are my shepherds and some of them are liars and the sword is coming against them. And you now think that every pastor you see is a pastor. No, they many are liars. And I'm teaching you even as a pastor, you don't have to worship me. Don't even worship me. Because the person they worshipped called Herod, it was what? Maggots that ate him alive. Any pastor, any minister, any prophet, anybody, any singer that brings adoration to themselves is soon going to be ate up alive. This church, this church is more exciting. We're just giving you the word, simple. There's no, there's no embellishment. There's nothing that will introduce fear. There's nothing that says only God speaks to me. He speaks to all of us. I'm just his mouthpiece. I didn't say don't honor. Listen to me carefully. Because many people have dishonored pastors and made them do foolish things. But I'm saying it is only God you worship. You, you can't worship your pastor. You can't even worship your parents. You can't even worship your spouse. Many of us will not be in church because our spouses don't come to church. You're just going out with the guy less than two months and he's asking you, why are you going on Sunday? 
even I feel tired. Can you see? You've gone from what God has provided to what you now start to worship. Your children, they take autonomy over your life. Even sickness, we bow before it. Disease, we bow before it. Issues, we bow before it. Can I say this? I'm really, I'm really sorry to use this example in my sermon. But, 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 but the lady who spoke is in church. The challenge of her child does not make her worship her child above her God. Bringing the child into church and even saying to the congregation, involve them in stuff in church, means that the problem is not enough to deny our God. Worship makes room for the king. And we've got to get to this stage where depression will not make you bow. Disease will not make you bow. Money will not make you bow. Many people God has provided for them and it's that provision that has taken them away from God. The question is, who do you bow before? Who do you really love? And who do you really trust? Whenever we come into this house and even outside, I have not got anywhere near what I want to speak about. But anywhere we go, let our life be a life of worship. Meaning when people see us, they will know who you bow before. Because when they start to tell you to do stuff, you say, no, I can't do that. Why? I'm a Christian. Saying you're a Christian means I bow only before my maker. But many of us, are comprom- we compromise. Addressing compromises God. The way we live compromises our God. And everything that we do, we do it outside the love, the trust, and the reverence we have for our God. May we leave the service today And even in our private moments, when we pray, may we be reverent enough to go on our knees, lift our hands sometimes, and say, God, it's not what I want from you. It's what I I want to give to you. Did you get anything from it? You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.org.uk Alternatively, call us on 020-7435-3939 You can find us at the Citadel, Worship Tabernacle, 131 St. John's Way, N19 3RQ, Archway, London. Thank you for listening.